Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. It's kind of like back to the future, where like your parents are slowly drifting further and further apart and you start disappearing from the photograph. That's because I fucked my mom. <laughs> have you seen the uh what was it the uh the movies that made us for back to the future yet love it season two yeah i like the other people that wanted to read for the part because it was uh eric stoltz was uh actually filmed as part of being marty mcfly but he read the script and was like, this is a fucking dark movie about banging your mom. <laughs> and he wanted to play it like super dark. And I wonder what that Back to the Future would have been like. I think it would have been, it wouldn't have been Robert Zemeckisy. I can tell you that. You know what? I, I would have paid to watch some kind of incest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think if Stuart Gordon had named the movie, it would have been Honey, I Fucked My Mom. Honey, I Fucked so. the Kids. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, that's good. That's Stuart Gordon did. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. By the way, yeah, and uh, and the Great Reanimator film. So yes, never... and From Beyond. It's funny that he didn't ever try to cast Rick Moranis in a really good horror movie because I feel like he would fit in. You know, he's always in a kind of these yeah. jovial roles where he's the nerd. But I'd love to see him. You know, maybe take on. Uh, a, a reanimator type film where he's the mad scientist that actually, uh, you know, makes some type of tentacle demon that'll fuck your body, you know? Welcome to Quality Time, another exciting episode. I'm your host, Eric Woodworth. I'm joined by my blood, my brother, Mr. Jeremy P. Jeremy, how are you, sir? What are you talking about? Oh, man, is it back? Is it Bill Paxton once again back from the grave? That's right, it's me from the grave. The grave can't hold me. I'm too full of enthusiasm. <laughs> oh, great. It's By great. the way, now that I'm in Mormon heaven, I have a hundred wives. Yeah! <laughs> uh, it's fun to imagine Bill Paxton in Mormon heaven right now. I think I'm banging at least ten women a day, man. Game on. Game, on. game start over. Am I right? <laughs> I'm going to have 100,000 children in like five years. <laughs> and uh, I'm also joined by our other talented co-host, Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? Hey, Daddy. I'm sleepy. I know. We're doing an early show today. We're recording early, so I'm all coffeeed up. We've just, I've had, you know, it's been a hell of a schedule. I put on like uh, like 14 show dates in the next three weeks, and uh, it's going to maybe murder my insides, but it's been it's been very good so far. I'm excited. Um, 
you know, I'm just, uh, I'm, a, I'm getting to my wits end. I'm not even my wits end. You know what? I still am refreshed from vacation. So you're, I think if you're I, going to, you're going to McGooby's. No, no, I said I'm still refreshed from vacation, but tonight, no, I'm at the uh, I'm at the Rams Head in Annapolis tonight. Although our listeners won't know that uh, they've already missed the show until this airs tomorrow. So, um, yeah, no, last night I was at the Brightbox Theater. It was great. It was a good time. We played this fun game with Katie Robinson, where uh, so we do these things like when we do a murder mystery. Sometimes we'll add something into the script that Rob Mayer will hate. And so last night, <laughs> last night, the fun game that we decided to play was let's see how many times we can call Katie a dumb bitch on stage. And it got, <laughs> we did it. I'm not lying. Probably a hundred times. Every time Katie was addressed, she's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. blah. We'd relive our lives. You dumb bitch. <laughs> and it's great because her character is very unlikable, but it was very, it was, you could see it in Rob's face, how much he disliked that we kept doing it. We even got one of the audience members who was reading lines to, to like Justin, Justin was like, just, just call her dumb bitch in the end. <laughs> <laughs> And so it it worked out really good. It was a fun time. Katie was laughing. We we all had a had a hell of a time uh, at the Bright Box Theater as always. So I mean that is a fun game. Eric and I have been playing that game for like two years. So <laughs> well, I didn't want to take it out. But, you know, every once in a while we gotta we gotta switch it up. You know, glad to know it's a game now. <laughs> I almost spit coffee all over the board right now. I wasn't ready, Jeremy. I wasn't ready. Uh, I do have some other fun. I have a. I have a couple of fun stories to go over. I had one other show earlier in the week uh, at uh, in Columbia, Maryland, at the Periodic Table. Shout outs Todd Fleming who put that on. Uh, but I, I, I'm supposed to be featuring for the great Andy Klein. If you know who Andy Klein is, great comedian, very funny, very talented. Uh, but I'm expecting... Is he, is he Jewish? Uh, no, he's actually a pair of pliers. That's uh, He's Klein Snips. That's He's very, very... <laughs> which, which movie was he in? Huh? Which movie was he in? I, I don't know. What, what movie was he in, Jeremy? I don't know. I thought you know who he is. I don't know who he is. Andy Klein is a comedian from the D.C. area who's very, very hilarious. Oh, uh, I thought he was like maybe uh, related to like Richard Klein or some other famous Klein. Yes, he's Klein. Kevin. Calvin Klein. Yes, he's yeah. Calvin Klein. He's... Oh, yeah, that guy from Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I show up to this show, uh, you know, on time-ish, and uh, there's supposed to be um, like three other comics that are supposed to open up this show, the great John Yeager and uh, Sandy Benson and uh, another gentleman who I, I don't remember his name. It eludes me. But, uh, you know, I'm not expecting to go up. I actually, you know, I grew up in Columbia, Maryland. This is right next to Howard High School, Jeremy. Shout outs. And so oh. I'm waiting for, um, you know, I, I have a couple of friends from the neighborhood that have shown up. It's I'm having a great time. I just bought a beer. And then Todd is up doing his opening set as host. Host and uh, uh, I'm just you know starting to get nice and comfortable. Haven't really thought about what I'm going to do tonight. Uh, he calls up the next comic and he's like, "All right, let's give it up for Sandy." And uh, he looks around and Sandy's not in the room anymore. <laughs> and then he looks around again. He's like, "Okay, let's uh, maybe we'll give it up for John." John Yeager's not in the room either. <laughs> 
So he's going down the whole list. I'm literally the only comedian apart from our headliner that's in the room. And you're like, give it up for Eric Woodworth. And I just have to come on stage. I'm not ready. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> so I got thrown to the wolves uh, right off the bat, which is fine. I mean, I understand Todd's position. I'm like, I don't blame him. And you know what? I, frankly, I don't, you know, the, the other comics weren't there. I'm not even bitter. But I, I did not like that I would like just randomly went up uh i went up though and uh i did have a killer set though but i didn't get to work on what i wanted to work on which was you know you know how you like uh, ashley will know this jeremy you have no idea because you've always just will eat you know note cards when you go on stage but Mm -hmm. i uh you know that you always have like what you want to do and especially at like not like a club show you're like i gotta work out something something new right and i didn't get to work out something new so much that i would mention to the people and i'm also i'd never like to bring notes on stage and i never like to look at my notes right like i look at it before and i just go up and i do it um but I, i kept telling the audience i was just like you know I wrote this really funny joke on my phone, but I'm a professional and I refuse to look, sir. And I've been sitting here thinking this entire time, the whole time I'm talking to you, what have I written in this fucking phone right here? Do you know what it is, sir? And I, you know, touched this. I, I had, I started this bit by just opening up by touching this guy's inner thigh that was just in the front row. I was just like, he needed it. Um, it really, it really broke the tension in the room. And uh, he goes, "No, I, I don't know what's written on there." And I go, I looked him dead in the eye and I went, "Me neither." And I just didn't do the job. Wow. <laughs> So, but I had a good, I just did the oldies, but the goodies, it was a great time. I, I had a, I had a hoot. So, uh, um, Ashley, what, how are your shows this week? I've had, I've had great shows. Um, I'm super tired cause I'm in DC till tomorrow. Um, I did drive four hours, uh, to Williamsport PA last night Ooh. and did a show in a black barber shop. <laughs> oh, snap. Barbershop for electric uh, Pontius. So I got very lucky. I had a great show. Um, I was I was not sure how it was going to go. Um, there was a lot going on. Uh, there was a giant cage in the back of the barber shop oh. with the words godzilla spray painted (laughs) onto the cage and inside was a giant iguana Ooh! and a pile of money where you could leave offerings (laughs) with that iguana so that was uh interesting so does he just he's just in the iguanas in there with the money and he just like shits on the dollars and stuff like that, or does he? He you know, just it, like, lays falls on into them? a bucket, but like I don't, I don't know how that works. <laughs> All right, hold on, dog. She's gonna bark. <laughs> is that the iguana? Sorry, it's gonna again. be a problem. Uh, <laughs> just have to go out. This is how life's going. All um, right, but anyways, uh, <laughs> this is the last. <laughs> <of> a- <laughs> <laughs> this is the life of a. Pet sitter. Um, so anyways, uh, there was that, and then there was a sign on the <laughs> and there was a, a sign on their wall. There was a sign on their wall that I will try to explain because I can't use the word, but there 
was a sign on the wall that said, pull up your pants because no one likes sagging. And sagging, spelled backwards, is... (laughs) And I don't understand. Well, that makes sense. That's so, good. Was this? Yeah, it was. It was wild. It was. It was wild. So I was. I was kind of concerned about that. I did. I did have a big black man in purple that kept trying to tickle me, and I finally was like, "Look, I prefer Cosby's harassment because at least I was unconscious for his." <laughs> Sorry, the dog. It's been very interesting. She's a real sweet dog. I've watched her before. She's currently digging through my underwear. Oh, as so, dogs do. So that's happening. She keeps trying to hump me, and that's awkward. And then all this morning, she's been licking my belly button. Oh, nice. You got a real, you got a real dog in heat over there. I like it. No, she's fixed. I'll oh. pay some. I'll pay for some video of some uh, belly button licking. <laughs> subscribe to ashley pontius's only fans it's all dog licking navel videos it's great you guys will love it it's only it's only done through my booker godzilla you have to pay the iguana <laughs> i had i had this thought the other night because uh, uh you know all the rage of the town i missed laugh finder game night where they were talking about josie's only fans but uh i had this i had this epiphany the other day that like do you think there's like some boutique market out in like california somewhere who just sells like oriental uh and japanese fans that just you know their business name was only fans and the creation of this website has completely ruined this small business because they're just like oh let's go to the brick and mortar store and then see this and they're just always disappointed like sorry it's just you know it's decorative fans that's the only thing we actually have here that's so. That's a real possibility. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, what's been up with you, big dog? What has happened to you in the last week? Are we? Uh, how's the job hunt going? Have you quit another job? Where are we at? How are the rats? Well, I, I submitted another song to Rob and Joe. They might use it Monday. It's just pretty much an instrumental for their 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday night, hopefully, Robbie will actually make a montage to it. Who knows? Um I went to a cool party at a probably a three-quarter million-dollar home on the water in Severna Park yesterday. Ooh! Uh, swam in his nice little pool. This uh, audiologist uh, had a uh, what do you call it? A job job party. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of other uh, whatever they call audiologists that work for all audiologists and uh, audio yeah. audio files. Yeah, audio files and. Um, yeah. Uh, he had some homebrew and he uh-huh. had a really nice homebrew set up with some really big pots and everything. And his homebrew was dead on good. Oh yeah. Could, couldn't, couldn't tell the difference between that and Samuel Adams and, um, had a, had a bit of white claw. He didn't have that many beers other than white claw and Whoa. Bush, bush cider. Ooh. I didn't even know they made. I would never drink Bush otherwise. So I was gonna say, in the words of Jeremy, that's some gay shit. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought Bush cider is, uh, uh, you know, when Ashley gets a little too excited and has to change her undies, and then the dog starts playing with it. So I don't know. Bush beer is so cheap and bad. I'd, I'd almost change over to Obama beer. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> 
Oh man, we had such a long walk to get that joke out, Jeremy. But I really did enjoy it. I will. I'll admit yeah. that. <laughs> Thanks, Obama beer. <sighs> hey, at least at least this beer didn't plan nine eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, godly. Everybody knows that girders can never bend or break. Girders are invincible fucking jet fuel, idiot. Uh, I've slammed my dick into a girder once and it didn't break open. <laughs> I do call my boobs the Twin Towers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, got those special Madonna bras. Awesome. Oh, uh, in other exciting OnlyFans no- news, outside of the Josie Marcelino world, uh, I saw uh, uh, the great Katie Robinson has actually started her own OnlyFans, uh, and it's called uh, Chicks Rating Dicks. She's only rating dicks is oh, the only thing right. she's doing, and uh, she started to get her... Uh, we got to. Uh, I got to see a couple of the dicks submitted last night, which was nice. Uh, oh, okay. There was, I did. I got. I got to see some big purple-headed monsters that she sent out, and she has yeah. a very good scoring system of it. She has a. There's a. There's a sheet that she fills out for each one. You lose points on. Uh, it's uh, not only its look and shape and stuff like that, but you also get rated on the picture quality and uh, angle and things like that. There was one guy who sent a uh, sent a D pick in uh, that was dressed as Beetlejuice, which I thought was a strong. <laughs> A strong uh, choice to uh, to to send like that. But. Um, that wouldn't be the person we met at the Mahoning Drive-In, would it? Could be, mayhap. Might have been the same fella. I'm not sure, but let me tell you, he's got a fucking hog. Uh, <laughs> so wait a second. If he had a, a Beetlejuice outfit, does that mean the head of his? penis was all diseased and crusty like like psoriasis or something no 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 it was a sandworm uh it was <laughs> it was striped it was like hey we've come hey. for your daughter chuck eric yeah? that is not nice to call katie's pussy a sand trap <laughs> i would never do such a thing no i'm sure that's always, the point. that's always the best part about going to the beach it's the sandy feel afterwards mm, yeah love the friction makes it feel good and nice uh, i gotta say as a woman sand is like semen you just keep finding it everywhere even after you think you got it all you're like there's another bit of it <laughs> I I fucking hate sand. I hate I hate sand in my hair. That's the worst because you can like scratch your scalp like days later, and you're still getting it under your fingernails, and it drives you nuts. <laughs> and then you, your fingernails all black because you hit it with a hammer, and then you can't get it out from the fucking thing or whatever. And uh, I guess not everybody. I did mention that there's a guy who saw my finger as uh as, as you know, which I hit with a hammer about four weeks ago and is still bulbous and and black. Whatever you uh, painted that, that's not blood. I told I told my friend, my old roommate Shawnee, who came up to the show. He's like, "What's up with your fingernail? Are you going goth?" I was like, "Yeah, but it's the old school way. That's where I listen to the Cure, and every day I pick a finger to hit with a hammer because that's the only way that the pain feels good enough to listen to Robert as he just." makes me cry um and then there's less painting to do you know what i mean can, can i ask a personal question sure man what's your favorite smith song about sucking a dick <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> you know, there's so many to choose from that I can't I can't narrow it down to just one. I uh, sucked a dick and it was big and then it came into my eye and then I cried. Sorry. <laughs> Monday sucked a guy real dry. Tuesday, Wednesday, it was my eye. Thursday, I couldn't do it. It's Friday, sucking peen. Uh, that's, that's, the, you. that's the cure. That's not the Smith. Sorry, I apologize. I totally different. I have I have to tell you guys, I always give Jeremy shit for getting us off topic, but I can feel my squirrel brain spiraling down. And I had this thought where I was like, if Jeremy was a Ramon, his song wanna <laughs> would have been I wanna be segregated. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, Jeremy. The, the worst thing about being um a racist is when pretty much <laughs> Every black person you know is so much better than you in so many different ways. And you're like, well, that's so much for the, you know, white um, supremacy. <laughs> it's pretty much, pretty much nothing. How about, how about basketball? Thanks. Yeah. The the last the last time white people were, were supreme was the Bourne third movie. Which was the born supremacy? Okay. Anyway, oh, um, that's all I sometimes, got. <laughs> sometimes I just sometimes I just throw out straws like, "What about the greatest golfer?" Oh yeah, oh, yeah. It's a black guy Shit. too. Sorry. Damn it! Uh, you know, and uh, and they have the greatest uh, bobsled movie. I will say that <laughs> the greatest bobsledding movie. Uh, cool Runnings, starring uh, me apparently. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Anyway, um, I didn't know that a bobsled had so much exhaust, but it's actually weed. <laughs> and so many bongs. And so many bongs up. while going downhill. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's me because I have terrible connection. Instead of giving out perfect tens, they give out perfect four twenties. <laughs> That is that is good. That is good. Um, I don't know. Uh, do we got anything else? Are we ready to hop into tonight's movie? Oh, Ashley has something. Ashley, please. I think I've got an honest Ash. Oh well, you're in luck because I got it queued up right here. Great. Oh, and it's about that time again for another segment of Honest Ash, and here's Ashley Pontius. Oh, hello, listeners. One time as a teenager, when I was out being a hooligan with my friends, I was sitting in the back seat drinking a blue slushy, and we were harassing other cars. And I decided to hawk a loogie, but I hawked it in the wrong direction, and it caught me in the face, and I had to walk into Walmart covered in blue spit. This has been Honest Ash. <laughs> oh, join us again next week uh, as we hear some more just lovely stories about the childhood of Ashley Pontius with more Honest Ash. Oh, I always like that we have this Disney Pixar sounding intro to tell these horrific stories of fluids in your body. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just, so you just spit into an open window, just came right back in the face. Yeah, I spit it forward like an idiot, not even thinking that's going to fly back and hit me in the face. And I was like being a douchebag and I was like, like really sucking one down. And I've had like an entire blue slushy. Sorry, I should put my phone on silent. And I 
just kept like building it in my throat and I was like hell yeah and I hock it and it hit me so fast went all over my white shirt oh no all in my face I had a I had a I had a kind not not the same kind of story but a, a similar situation of uh fluids going out of a window when I was uh when I was driving, I'm probably like 17 or 18 years old. Uh, I had actually taken out uh, my mother's uh, then Ford Taurus uh, out for a, a night on the town. And uh, my friend, Sean Laskowitz, who at the time was uh, uh, who now has been sober for many years, but was a bad alcoholic, uh, even in the high school days. And uh, he got uh, pretty inebriated and we were driving probably about 50 miles per hour when he decided to throw up out of the window and uh what what proceeded to happen was uh it wasn't so much out of the window except it was mostly on the inside of my door and also on the outside of the door and it just sprayed across like the inside and outside of uh the four Taurus. and uh you know as a dumb kid that you are you know i did the best job i was like oh, i'll just get some paper towels and it was dark out so i kind of got the inside pretty good <sighs> Uh, but the next day I do remember my sweet mother waking me up and going, Eric, why is there slime on my car? (laughs) (laughs) As I went out and it looked like, yeah, it, it looked like just a slugs had attacked the whole passenger side outside of the, uh, of the vehicle. Uh, but you know, uh, the little, the little bits of, uh, carrot chunks really added, I feel like, uh, I don't know, like a, a postmodern expression to the vehicle that didn't exist before. So overall, I think I helped the aesthetics of the Ford Taurus, but, uh, you know, never works out when you try to piss or put any fluid out of a moving car window. It who, just comes right who, back. Who was the kid that vomited outside a window of a car and just kind of left it there on the outside of the the door of the car? That that this, That's the exact story I just told. <laughs> so the outside, you just pretty much didn't wipe down at all. I just didn't really. It was dark out. I was like, ah, it'll be fine. It'll be good. I remember seeing that. I was like, looks like somebody vomited it out the side of the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh. it is well mom thought it was slime so uh oh yeah yeah you know when you're playing with nickelodeon slime and you sometimes <laughs> yeah, dump it out the side of your car yeah well we weren't drinking we were just playing with gack not a big deal <laughs> uh, but, gross. every time I, I think i want to be a mother and then i hear these stories and i'm like mm. by the way i just watched a, a nickelodeon award show okay and of course, um, I don't know how much they paid Carrie, Katy Perry to open up a box on stage to have an inordinate amount of slime slime her pretty much in the face and upper body. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say I'm so glad that they make the slime green and not white. Why? I think the light would be. What is there something wrong with the light? Um, it would just be a lot more obvious. It it, just, it would be as bad as like everybody just putting their feet up and showing their feet on the Nickelodeon uh, awards ceremony. Well, so. they definitely uh, that's a Dan Snyder cut from uh, Nickelodeon. He is a real monster. Uh, Little Ricky showed his love feet <laughs> uh, of little girls. 
He does he does have a Bigfoot fetish and actually made it the logo for a while. You know, there's a lot of questionable Nickelodeon material dating back even to the the creator of Ren and Stimpy is uh, apparently also a bit of a, a, a sexual deviant himself, uh, uh, which I was I was sad. Uh, I, I'm sad that the man who animated uh, a professional wrestler fighting Stimpy using a maneuver known as the flying butt pliers uh, had some type of deviancy. <laughs> in him but by the way they're changing all the old episodes of uh you can't do that on television to uh you can't bukkake on television <laughs> i thought this was america uh oh, I, bukkake have you ever uh you ever seen i i know we're off topic but you know we'll get we'll get into this movie this is this is the show what can i say have you ever seen uh the episode of Mr. Wizard where he's just getting really upset with the children because they can't answer <laughs> anything correctly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I seemed on the edge like, you little son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, I'm fucking Mr. Wizard, motherfucker. Yeah, Mr. Wizard's a dick. Hold on. I'm going to see if I, I was in World War Two killing Japs. Oh, gee. <laughs> that, that is a Mr. Wizard-ism. Uh, ah. hmm. Let's see if I can... Let's see a little bit see of mystery. See those two pins, Stacy? Yes. Well, today I'm going to stick them in you. Look at all the paper you wasted. You count that as a fold? That's a no. Okay. Because I already see that it's not random. Don't jump to conclusions. Why isn't it's it random? You, I thought told you to write down random numbers. What do you mean not exactly? Can you well, can't I'm you? afraid of that. Well, you're right, but for the wrong reason. Sounds logical, doesn't it? <laughs> That's wrong. Wrong. It's wrong? Wrong. Uh-huh. Wrong. That's right. Not right. That's how I was wrong. That's how you were wrong. What did he say? He said he's incapable of making a mistake. Therefore, I must be wrong. M I S S. You don't have to say anything. The computer is saying them for you. Try not to hit the table. Try not to hit that little thing. Okay. You're seeing a beam of light. No, you're seeing the little pieces of dust. Well, you call them fingers. I'll call them propellers. You have to make the hole bigger than that, obviously. Haven't you ever seen a sliced banana before? You can't blow up a baby's nursing nipple? Well, you have one of those inside your head. I do? Yeah, it's called a brain. (laughs) Come on. Turn it over here like that and pull it straight up. No confidence in the science at all. You don't seem to have a great deal of confidence. I come back and hit my face. There, it's popped off. Oh, wow. Wow, hit you right on the head, too. There you go. This is horrifying. I love it. I just like what what a dick Mr. Wizard is and was. And God rest his soul. You know, that mean, crotchety old man that just called you an idiot anytime you tried to learn science. (laughs) That's right. You get enough. You get enough nitrates, Jimmy. You can blow up anything. (laughs) I just don't understand what kid would want to watch it. I'm like, if I wanted to be yelled at by a man smarter than me, I'd spend time with my father. Oh gosh. Hell Hey Jimmy, right around nine AM, that's when I start drinking. <laughs> oh gosh. Well ladies and gents, uh boys and girls, children of all ages, uh are we ready to get into tonight's movie? Because Top I... five Bill Paxton movie of all time. You think so? This Fuck is t- yeah. This is a top fiver for you? Fuck. Yeah. I don't know. Spy Kids 2 kind of t- takes it for me. 
I would go, I mean, yeah, I could see it in his, I don't know if I put it in his top five. It's not enough Bill Paxton-y. Does that make sense, Jeremy? I think I think he's had, I could name five better roles that Bill Paxton's done. Although I like this. Don't get me wrong. Well, then name them. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll give you Aliens. That's going to be number one Definitely. for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I'm going to give you a Chet from Weird Science. Uh, I give you that. Number three, I will give you uh, Bill Paxton from the movie Frailty. I'll give him his part in no. Frailty. Oh, uh, he's so good in Frailty. I no, love he, he took out he, he took out his own Bill Paxton moment from his own movie in Frailty. I love it. I still love him in that. Um, I I like Bill Paxton in A Simple Plan better than this. Um, no. Oh, no. it's it's so good. He talks through his teeth in that. That's how you know he's agitated. And uh, I will, you know what? I'll still put. I'll give you two that you would accept, Jeremy. On top of this, I'll give you True Lies, Bill Paxton. That's a close one. And I'll give you um, Bill Paxton from uh, Predator Two. What the fuck? No, no one's no one's gonna say Twister. Nobody. No, I'm not. No. no, I mean leave a Twister out. I think this is a better Bill Paxton than Twister Bill Paxton. What about Brain Dead? Ooh, right, man. Brain Dead. Brain Dead is better. That is a Bill better Bill Paxton. Now you you forgot the two most important ones for me. Oh, I I, I know. Can I t- can I guess one of the ones that you're gonna guess? You know, you know it. It's uh the dark backward. Of course, that's my go. number one. Yeah. My number two is aliens. Mm-hmm. Three is weird science. Four is near dark. Five is the uh, tales from the crypt made for. No, no, no. It's the hitchhiker made for each other with him and uh, Bud Court, where yeah, he plays a psycho killer. That is pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. And then after that, I go with uh, True Lies, Mortuary, Brain Dead, Trespass, and the Fish Heads video. Uh- <laughs> the fish heads music video where he doesn't even talk how about you ashley you're gonna put twister in your top five yeah we we share a bunch of the same ones guys but you're not even gonna put twister in there no 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 well uh it's helen hunt's fault 1987 (laughs) this is the the second film that came out in 1987 that featured a family of vampires uh although this is the lesser known one near dark uh, everybody's pretty familiar with the uh, the other one, which would be The Lost Boys, uh, which both are filled with just angsty vampires that... Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think this one is, to me, less whiny, though. I like the less whininess of the, the Western style of this, although... It, it feels like Twilight for meth heads. Yeah, yeah, I I can I see where you're coming from with that. I also like the fact that uh, while uh, the Lost Boys has a great soundtrack, uh, it does not have the great Tangerine Dream that we're hearing right now, which uh, I'm a big fan of the Tangerine Dream soundtrack. So, uh, very. I must good. say that I, I'm, I'm very glad that uh, Ashley put two and two together. That it, it's not that they're searching after blood; it's it's meth. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have to kill so many people and get so much money to get enough meth to keep going cross country. This is you. Okay, you have to be on meth to be like, yeah, I'm gonna abandon my happy family and take up with this caravan of psychos. <laughs> but by the way, I, I I don't know if I already mentioned this. One of my Call of Duty friends, um, who is usually smoking weed while playing Call of Duty, and you'll hear the the uh, the bong sound, mm-hmm. but then he'll. He'll break out a story. He's like, you know, I was wondering where this this joint went, and I realized my wife took it. 
And it's just like a couple years ago when I bought this meth, and all of a sudden the meth was gone, and I realized I wiped it, my meth! <laughs> <laughs> And and you can hear the whole the whole mm-hmm. chat room like just get quiet like, um, this guy used to do meth. Um, is that one I'm of those sh- drugs you just give up one day? I mean, so. I'm sure Methany is a very nice lady. <laughs> That's yeah. my wife, Methany. <laughs> I uh, now this movie's directed by uh, Catherine Bigelow, uh, who uh, this is her first movie, um, and at the time. She was uh, kind of seeing uh, the already married James Cameron and would later become James Cameron's wife. Uh, but she, <laughs> she would go on to uh, also uh, direct uh, Point Break, The Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty, and a nice little cult classic that I haven't seen in a long time, but I always remember enjoying Strange Days, which is a pretty fun movie uh, with um, whatever that fella's name is who played Voldemort. Uh, it's like one of his first movies. Oh, Ralph. Fines. Yeah, yeah. And it's a movie about the future, but it's like the future if you're in the 90s. And uh, it's good. It's a it's a fun little romp. And uh, also Jeremy C- Catherine Bigelow also directed about four or five episodes of Homicide Life on the Street, one of, uh, one of your favorite shows. So <laughs> she's, yeah. a, she's a great director. I actually have to say, I know this surprises a lot of people, but Zero Dark Thirty is actually one of my favorite movies. And I think like as a female director... I think she turns out great work, but also she gives women like me hope that you too can attach yourself to a successful man and then move on whenever you got what you needed. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Well, they, she didn't direct Zero Dark Thirty as good as it could have been because right before the scene before they shoot Osama bin Laden, they should have added uh, one of his little speeches where he's like, I will rule the world for a thousand years. And as soon as they shoot Obama, oh, I'm sorry, Osama, just a little slip there. Uh, as soon as they shoot um, Osama bin Laden, you hear this. <laughs> That's what was missing from it. I knew it. Uh, I always like, I, 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 you can see a Catherine Bigelow film though, uh, because she uses her favorite thing is to, uh, show silhouettes of people walking places. It's her favorite shot to do. It happens multiple times in this movie. You can see it in point break. If it's, if it's, it doesn't matter if it's the moonlight, it's the sunlight. There is a low angle shot of people walking and it's silhouettes. And, uh, it is her, I would say one of her calling cards, but they're great shots. And I, I do enjoy them. Um, but one of the big perks about uh being uh connected to the great james cameron is that you have access to things that you wouldn't normally have which is basically the entire cast of aliens uh are in this movie uh you get obviously the great bill paxton who we've already mentioned but you also get jeanette goldstein from aliens she's uh great in this film uh vasquez who plays vasquez that's correct and then uh uh lance hendrickson uh uh, who is just n- naturally unsettling to look at uh, as an act. Like he is at, when he plays somebody scary. First of all, he's already a scary good guy, right? Like he looks like a man who will rip your face off just for fun. Uh, and then giving him a role of a bad guy, it just it really adds to the whole um, did, head vampire scary. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy. Did we mention that uh, he was actually put in prosthetic Terminator makeup just to sell the film? For the original Terminator. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was... Oh, 
I thought he, I didn't know he got in prosthetic makeup, but I thought he was a possible Terminator uh, uh, person well. along with, along with the great OJ Simpson were both considered to be Before. the Terminator. <laughs> OJ, yes. No, that that's a true thing. OJ o- o- Simpson read for the part of the Terminator, and God, what could you imagine if we had to? We were watching CGI'd uh, uh, OJ Simpson now in later iterations of the film, where he's trying to be funny about blinds and stuff like that. <laughs> I just think it'd be better as the Terminator too, because he can use his hands as knives. So. <laughs> And then he's like trying to find somebody whose clothes fit, and he's like, "If he doesn't fit, uh, I must quit." Uh. That's weird that OJ would have try to do like a German accent during the whole film. So you gotta combine them together. <laughs> oh gosh! Instead the- of the now, motorcycle, OJ, he's got the Bronco. <laughs> now OJ in this scene, it's somebody you really hate, and you get to cut their head off with a knife. Mm. Oh yeah, I want to do that. Wait a minute! I think I could. I, I, there's some things I can. I, I think I can draw on. Uh, this is a real good as-if situation. Uh, <laughs> At that point, Alanis Morissette walks on the screen. That's very ironic. <laughs> now, uh, also, um, now Adrian uh, Pastar, he uh, ends up playing Caleb, who is the the young gentleman who gets turned into a vampire and joins this uh, this group. But uh, that part was actually read for uh, Michael Bean, almost signed on as this role uh, for the film. Uh, Michael Too Bean old. is uh, Hicks from Aliens, and uh, one of my favorite. It took me actors. a second. No, he's super hot, but the dude that they finally cast to play Caleb. Again, he's on my fuckable list. Oh yeah, I like him. I only know him really from uh, from one other thing, and that's he plays uh, uh, what's his name Petrelli from Heroes. He's the flying guy, not Peter Petrelli, but the uh, yeah the, the senator, senator Petrelli. President. Yeah, he's actually Siler. Yeah. So is he still hot, or is he like every other man at oh, his age? Just no, kind of no. looks like a blob. He looks. He looks fuck it. He's he's gotten well, better with age, like a fine wine. He's like now he look. Now he looks like Wilford Brimley. Yes. <laughs> speaking of Wil, speaking of Wilford Brimley, Jeremy, I play this play a fun game. And next time any of you go to Ocean City, Maryland, and say look, find how many Wilford Brimley lookalikes you can find uh, walking at about nine a.m. on Ocean City's coastal highway, because I swear to you, they come in every race and nationality, and they all just rock the Wilford Brimley. I need fucking catheters look, and it is so fun to play and if you want to start drinking at 9 a.m and play that game you will be tanked by 9 30 i swear to god it's white new balances wilford brimley i'm in cocoon turn up um so wait a second and is does it have to be with or without a metal detector no without you know i didn't make that if you want to just do metal detectors you might only take three or four shots that way Damn. if you're gonna make that stipulation uh now uh the rest of the cast uh is uh there's another one of the vampires is played by Jenny Wright. Jenny Wright uh is uh what's Jeremy can you name your favorite Jenny Wright movie? Uh that's very easy because I've seen um uh why are you hushing me? What? No, keep talking. My daughter walked in and now I'll talk oh, about that oh, because okay, I'm, I'm trying sorry. I muted myself to so you okay. could talk. You confuse me. No, keep, please tell me your favorite Jenny Wright okay. story. Uh we just lost the uh director of um of the Pink Floyd's The Wall and uh the commitments 
and uh, my other favorite, Angel Heart, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Well, so, wait, uh, what? What Jenny Wright movie though? Did I miss that? Uh, it yeah. plays the wall. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh. I, I'll, I'll tell you, Jeremy. That's this, you're missing a big one. Uh, he, she is in the Lawnmower Man. Uh, oh, oh, of course, oh. Lawnmower Man. Yeah. There you're you go. Right. The older woman. Yes, you're missing. You're missing the great a one. milf. Now, Super milf. Now, funny enough, uh, Bill Paxton and Jenny Wright actually lived, I guess, next door to each other. And Bill wow. Paxton at one time sued Jenny Wright uh, because she had built a koi pond that was 15 foot onto his property line, and he won the lawsuit. Suit and in turn uh, took over said koi pond. She had to relinquish the koi pond to the uh, Paxton estate. So uh, he just he he lived out the rest of his life with all her fish. So <laughs> I, I really wish I had known that when I met her, and uh, she was looking looking a little older, but man, she really seemed sweet and to, sweet to the point where. Had I not been married at the time, I think I could have gotten with her. And, yeah, and partied with her that night. I could and more see than that. that. I could see uh, her leaving, leaving her life of luxury, and be like Jeremy Woodworth. That's the one. <laughs> well, I, she might have just, she might have just liked to party. I don't know, but she was very friendly. And when I met her, I told her that she uh, should have gotten stunt pay for sucking Bob Geldof's fingers in the wall. Ah, that is, I, I agree with that. Well. I have to say, I think Eric's right. Jeremy, if you ever want to go for wife number two, if she's willing to give up her koi pond, I'm pretty sure she'll give up the other koi pond for you. There you go. That's for pussy. <laughs> now, uh, another uh, another part uh, of this- you know, you know, You know, fish love flakes. Yes, yes. So uh, we went over some of our vampire cast of this. You have Lance Hendrickson, who's playing Jesse Hooker, Bill Paxton as uh, Severin, uh, Jenny Wright, who plays May. She's one of the vampires, and Jeanette Goldstein, uh, who's playing Diamondback. But there also is a small kid uh, known as Homer, uh, who is like the the psycho little kid vampire. Now, an interesting thing about this, which ties to another vampire movie of that year, The Lost Boys, both of the two 1980s movies about a family of attractive vampires who lure young men to make uh, into a half vampire before they seek secure near dark and the lost boys feature the son of Jason Miller and uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Jason Miller you probably should be he's the guy who plays uh, one of the uh, father Callus, I believe from uh, the exorcist his son is none other than this kid, Joshua John Miller, who plays Homer in this movie, and is not only in Near Dark, but he's also the half-brother of Jason Patrick in The Lost Boys. Boom! What the hell? So, I, I, for, I forced you to watch uh, River's Edge. Which part did you like better, this one or River's Edge, as the little kid? Uh, I really like, I like Joshua John Miller in this movie. He is, I like him as the psycho who wants to abduct a small child. That is, this is how <laughs> I always want to remember him now. Well, once the, once she becomes a vampire, she'll grow up eventually in her mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which we see that again, though, in Interview with the Vampire. That is I, true, I, with little Kirsten I, evil dunced. Don't, don't, you, don't you like the reasoning of, of the pedophiles these days? It's like, but I'm a child in my mind. I'm I'm, tr- I'm child uh, transition. Yeah, whatever. Well, whatever, that, you fucker. We're going to fucking kill you anyway. That's cool, though, because you can catch an adult-ass ass whooping. That's the best part of it. Uh... <laughs> You're about to grow up real fast. 
<laughs> That's the best yeah. part about well, Yes, love, love does no boundaries. And especially with my kids, you're going to find out that boundary. That's the best thing about pedophiles is that they have the mind of a child, and I've always wanted to beat up a child with no uh, with no consequences. So pedophiles are the best. Uh, shout out. Now, now we might we might be a, we might be a little harsh now because if it is like one of those guys like Master Blaster from 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 Beyond Thunderdome, he really yeah. does have the mind of a child. So. He has the mind of a child. Bring bring forth another to the Epstein Temple. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, Blaster. Um. So yeah, great little cast. Uh, the movie starts out uh, right away as Caleb. Uh, uh, he goes out on a hot date with uh, Jenny Wright's character May. She bites him, and you uh, right away you notice that a lot of the conventional rules of vampirism don't really apply for this movie. Uh, there's no fangs really. They just kind of bite into their neck and just take a big old hunk out and start sucking um and uh they i think they did that intentionally you know we never see if these vampires are susceptible to seeing their reflection or if their garlic or crosses do anything in fact at one part you see lance hendrickson's gun has crosses on it meaning that it probably doesn't do anything to them uh but they are susceptible to light uh that is the the one key thing to remember so, so they're pretty much just the uh the powerful creepy kids from the um nicole kidman the others so. yeah kind of like that uh i still feel like this backs up my theory that this is an allegory for meth yes. because they're too busy doing drugs at night and when the sun comes up they're like no i don't want to go get a job <laughs> no oh <laughs> uh, so uh, meth dark they uh they they turn Caleb into uh one of these blood sucking monsters and then give him a uh opportunity to join the team as they are uh just traveling around the desert eating and having a merry old time as a bunch of uh carnies uh do I guess weird desert carnies uh they live a very tran uh what's the word I'm looking for a very nomadic transient. life transient yes transient lifestyle nomadic trans like us baby we were born to run yes uh but as we get to meet the family and he starts to kind of ingratiate himself to them even though a severin played by bill paxton's character wants to rip his head off in the first scene when they meet him he's just like we're well, gonna remove his head right now uh, with his with his spurs yes i like that he uses his spurs as a weapon it's pretty fun uh they eventually though the movie uh really kicks into high gear when they finally head to this bar at about the 45 minute mark uh and what is probably the best scene of the whole movie or really the best like 30 minutes of this movie is from about 45 minutes to an hour 15 probably and, the best use of john parr music ever oh gosh yeah and uh i just i love the whole bar scene where they go to wipe out everybody uh first they take out that uh the the lady who's serving them and uh he kind of like you know fascinates her and then just the, jeanette goldstein just fucking slits her throat and they just fill up like a mug of beer and they're like of, of blood for from her from her neck and they're like ah and, uh, nothing uh, like blood on tap and then uh i do enjoy uh it's also the fame of my name of my favorite porno <laughs> blood on tap oh very sorry. good then sorry. you have uh 
Then we have uh, Bill Paxton, who's trying to teach Caleb a, a, a valuable lesson. He picks a fight with one of the patrons at the bar. Uh, if you notice that patron at the bar, he's actually linked to another uh, James Cameron project. Uh, Jeremy, do you know which one that is? It'd be kind of weird if they use like a, a guy from another bar from another movie to get beaten up by a Terminator. Yeah, yeah, he would go on. I need, the <laughs> I need your boots, your 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 pants, and and your and your motorcycle. That is true. Yeah, so that the guy that they pick a fight with is the same guy that Arnold uh, gets uh, in T two, uh, who steals his boat, boots, his motorcycle, and everything, and then throws him on. And I, for some reason, that's actually when I was a kid, the scariest part of Terminator two was watching the biker on like the hot uh the hot cooking stove and like his hands like ah, ah! I don't know I just remember watching that I was like that's horrible god his hands are probably so didn't burned you work, didn't you work in a kitchen or were you just a bus boy I did I worked at the kitchen at uh, at Popeye's uh Louisiana style chicken <laughs> at the Columbia Mall. Did you do a green turtle though? When I do a green turtle, I bounced. I bounced motherfuckers up out of there. And oh, sometimes sometimes I used to play fun game with the other bouncer as like when it was like a packed house. Me and him would be up against the wall watching everybody like dance and have a good time. And then we would slowly move our hands together until they were intertwined ever so gently. <laughs> and then we were both like ginormous men. And, and if anybody ever looked at us, we'd like quick uh, stop holding hands real quick. And then, <laughs> So he used to always weird people out, and they were like, I think those, I think those bouncers over there are gay. And uh, we would do that to, like, everybody at the Green Turtle that would give us attention. By so, the way, I, I really first learned about um, fry fry cooking from uh, the Toxic Avenger on how bad if you really put your hands into the fry cooker. Oh, yeah, that's not that's never a good sign. Uh, then, uh, so Bill Paxton, after he's done with them and that lady gets killed, he goes over to take care of this other one, and I pulled up this audio just for you jeremy so you could uh we can set up your song right after this here we go oh, oh, oh. you know what what it's time i had since i nailed your mom in the back of your daddy's truck he was there watching too i didn't see nothing man tell you the truth i think he liked it i'm cool man i know she did don't fuck with me. I like this part where he starts choking him, Bill Paxton, but Bill Paxton's like, <laughs> <laughs> he just takes his glasses and puts them on, and then uh, this guy realizes he's in fuckville. You know what I said to you, Mama? You know what I said to her? I said, shh. This is gonna As he just slowly crushes this guy's head. Goes down to go take a bite. I hate him when they ain't been shaved. <laughs> I hate him when they ain't been shaved. And then we'll cue this up, Jeremy, here.
is really bill paxton at his 95 percent and in the dark backwards is a hundred percent bill paxton so okay all right I'll, I'll you know what jeremy you might not be wrong i just think he he's he's very fun in this movie um and i like him although i'd love one of the one of the fun facts i saw about this movie is that fun uh, facts uh, near the end, you know, when when Bill Paxton's face is like melted off, apparently every night when they would film, uh, a train would stop at the same spot like every night. And he said he saw like the conductor get out and he walked over in all of his makeup and he was just like, hey, mister, there's been a real bad accident. <laughs> and if you're looking at me, you wait till you see the other guy, <laughs> which I'd love um. to be there for that. Did, did, did I, I I probably already mentioned this in the movie Frailty is that there, the scene that he cut out was the quintessential Bill Paxton scene because the rest of the movie is pretty straight for him even though he's insane it, where the kid's like hey dad does this mean we ain't gotta go to church no more and Bill's like that's mm-hmm. right that's right <laughs> yeah I <laughs> You know what's funny? You just reminded me, Jeremy, that when I used to sell other kids in high school my Seroquel, they used to call me Pill Paxton. Pill nice. Paxton. Hell yeah. Uh, they uh, they then, after they um, 
after they make short work of the shaved guy and eat him, uh, Bill Paxton, which, by the way, it's worth mentioning this entire time while he's killing this other guy. This guy who behind the bar is loading the shotgun, the slowest I think any person has put two shells into a gun before. And I'm like, what's your plan if this there's like six of them you have you can barely load two shells. You need to figure out a different way. Uh, but he ends up shooting Bill Pax or the uh, Caleb and he's like, oh, crap. He's like, don't worry, I'll take this over. And he gets up on the bar and then uh, proceeds to use his spurs to cut this guy's neck open in a pretty epic fashion, uh, which leaves us with the last. OK, go ahead, Jerry. Uh, it threw me off ever since the first time I saw this that he's walking on the bar and kicking the glasses, which instantly explode when he kicks them. <laughs> yeah, so the, which, the fake glasses that are instantly just completely going like to candy <laughs> breaking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I guess it was supposed to show that he was like kicking them so fast that they'd explode, whereas he's kicking them so slow. It's like these are the cheapest glasses in the world. What is this shit? <laughs> No, I I did notice that it seemed a bit ridiculous. I was like, he barely touched that one and it just exploded. <laughs> but that, hey, if anything, it was a chance to finally put Wrangler boots on the map. You know what I mean? That's uh, hell yeah. The boots that Wrangler is the Wrangler is the brand that rapists like to wear. Jesus. Um. So. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm not going to help Wrangler sales at all. No, I don't think that's that, that's probably not probably not a, the best sales pitch for it. Um, now uh, he kills that guy, which leaves one guy left in the bar, and uh, Caleb's supposed to eat that guy, but he jumps out the window like a character from South Park, which I really enjoy. He's like <laughs> just fucking <laughs> hightails it out of there, and uh, Caleb uh, goes to track him down, but he ultimately lets him go because he's just like, you know what, I can't do it. Obviously, the rest of them are pissed that uh they let him go because he's gonna go tell the authorities so they go to a motel room uh not close by because you know they're racing against the clock before everything comes up uh and uh the next day they're met by uh the police that have them surrounded in uh what a fucking epic gunfight just uh happens as they start blowing this place away but every shot that goes through lets a little bit more sunlight in uh pretty exciting uh gunfight scene which uh i thought uh catherine bigelow did a wonderful job at that and uh you know would later get to show these uh gunfighting skills and shootouts uh in some of her other films moving forward so uh i i did like that ultimately caleb uh takes one for the team and runs out into the sunlight with a blanket on catches on half fire and is able to go get the uh the their a-team van that they're all able to hop in and then make a quick getaway um they then uh, they head to a, another motel where we finally get to see Homer, who we didn't get to mention. Homer is a very sadistic little kid who actually shoots one of the uh, people in the uh, the previous scene. But uh, he comes across a little girl who is at the same motel and brings her back to watch TV. But very quickly, we come to realize that this isn't no regular little girl. It's actually Caleb's little sister. And Caleb Caleb's dad then shows up looking for him uh, or... Or, I'm sorry, uh, you know, uh, Severin goes to the room where the dad's staying. Now they're both in there. Caleb's faced with this horrible decision to side with his family or side with his new vamp- vampire family. And uh, he, uh, I think, makes the right decision to... Uh... Yeah, go ahead, Ash. Sorry, which can I say, like, one of the things I didn't like about 
this movie. Are you really going to do this dog right now? Um, <laughs> the thing that I, I really disliked about this movie was the fact that they hook up one night. Okay. Mm-hmm. Caleb and this girl hook up once she bites him, turns him into a vampire and they suddenly want undying loyalty. I'm like, how how does that work? Do you know that if I tried to do that to every one night stand I'd have, I'd be single. <laughs> yeah, look, at that, look at that dog. He's he he still wants a piece. He's 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 pledged undying loyalty. He's like, did you say undying loyalty? No problem. And then I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, no, I think it is ridiculous, but the, the idea also that, you know, the body changes, the fact that he has a craving for human blood and superpowers, I think kind of lend itself to, you know, the idea of uh, let's just stick with your own kind. Because most people in this world, they want to be part of a group, and this seems like the biggest, best group that he could be part of. But but the idea, though, that he would immediately forsake, like the, the fact that there's kind of no compassion for the fact that he's newly changed this is his family i guess because a lot of them have been turned mm-hmm. for a long period of time i'm just saying it, it, just the idea that they have no capacity for understanding why he would struggle is bizarre to me That's yeah all. you still love your fucking family they you haven't seen in 48 hours what are you some kind of loser <laughs> you you have two choices in life you either love your family or you love meth yeah, it's either it's either your family or the blue ride. Choose wisely, boy. God uh, bless this mess. If you can't steal your mom's big screen TV for meth, you're worthless to us. <laughs> uh, so uh, after all that, uh, they ultimately open the door and let the sunlight in and the Caleb and his family are able to retreat. He runs with them covering himself with a blanket, but he gets very badly burned on the way out. Uh, And this I think is actually the biggest plot point hole uh, is that while they escape his kid daughter, is no no his kid daughter's left behind she gets abducted later but he's able to uh easily cure himself through just a simple blood transfusion which was just like dad you got all your transfusion stuff back at the house i think i need a blood transfusion and and maybe it's an allegory for aids yeah Yes. It's funny you mentioned AIDS. Uh, I did a, I did a virtual show earlier this week, Ashley, and uh, one of the guys, uh, he wasn't having a great set, but he closed his set out by saying, he was just like, well, as long as you don't have AIDS, I guess I'll see you tomorrow. And that's how he... <laughs> Close to set, and I did. Hey, nobody laughed at it except for me in the green room. Going, (laughs) sounds about right. I was like, "That's my, that's my brand of dark right there." Like, good for that guy. So, why would he say that? It takes months to die for me. Yeah, gosh, you know. Anyway, so the, uh, so he's able to be cured by a simple blood transfusion, which I don't like that that it's so easy to undo vampirism. Is just like, oh, you just this is literally you know 1700s technology we can hook this with in no time it's barely even an inconvenience um so the uh they're able to cure him i, I, I think you can't turn like after you become like a bat and come back to a human oh uh, bat from human or if you turn yeah. into jean-luc picard and uh then you can't do it either you're just stuck shout out life force previous episode so uh <laughs> 
His girlfriend May then shows up to say, hey, where you been? And notices that his body's warm. But while she's distracting him and then rolls off, uh, the Bill Paxton and the rest of them go ahead and abduct his little sister. So now it's personal. Time to do some cowboy shit. He goes out to go chase after him because all of his tires are slashed, but he hops on a horse just like a good cowboy would and rides into town and uh, comes face to face with Severin, who is uh, very ballsy. He, he, he goes and uh, tries to uh, uh, spooks his horse, and he's like, what are you going to do? And then uh, I, I think Caleb goes and eventually gets an 18-wheeler and runs him over with it. Uh, but then he's very much unfazed by that as he just comes and just starts ripping parts out of the front of the 18-wheeler. Uh, um, he eventually... It's kind of like, like the end of the Road Warrior, except the guy keeps fighting. Yeah, yeah, very similar to it, very similar. Uh, but ultimately, uh, Caleb he rips or Severin rips too much shit out and then he just crashes the 18 wheeler and explodes a minute and uh, he does not make it through that so uh, or does he I mean we never really see his body afterwards is there the opening that Bill Paxton's uh, Severin character still walked the, the streets after all of this and that's what happened after I hit Severin with the 18 wheeler and we never saw him again. <laughs> uh, so uh, right after that, we get the showdown with the other vampires, uh, Lance Hendrickson, Homer, and um, uh, sweet uh, Jeanette. Diamondback. Diamondback. There we go. My favorite Ellicott City say, bar that doesn't Vasquez. exist. Just say Vasquez, man. You're right. You, yo, you right, Jasmine. Uh, of course, when I when I met Jeanette Goldstein, I said, "Have you ever been mistaken by a for a man?" And she said, "No, have you?" Oh, perfect. Gosh, everything you want out of a Vasquez interaction. You muted although yourself. Although I did. No, Ashley Sorry, did. It went to mute. My bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I just saw you saying something, and I was like, "We didn't know we heard that." <laughs> Oh, she's trying to quiet her dog again. The dog wants to talk anytime she talks. It's for pretty funny. Um, at least for us. Oh, so oh, we she, she, no, she put a, she put the video feed off. She's doing something. So look, uh, wow. then uh, as uh, they're having the little face off, he's like, "Give me back my sister," and blah blah blah. Jeanette uh, Diamondback sneaks up and goes to throw a knife, and it actually just hits him in the mouth. Lance Hendrickson perfectly in the mouth, and he's like, "Ah." <laughs> And then takes it out. Uh, it, I think they eventually, oh yeah, May eventually uh, then shoves him as he's about to shoot uh, uh, Caleb. So she she picks her side and sides with Caleb as they all hop into a car trying to escape. Um, Homer still wanting uh, to be part of their life. She, or... No, they, so they're all driving away in the car with the girl, and May then grabs the girl, rolls out of the back, and so she's starting to catch on fire. But Homer's so crazy for that little girl that he gets out of the car, and he has an epic fucking wish-you-were-there burning moment as he's just, this little kid's just like, hey, wait for me! <laughs> Which I Ever did enjoy. want to visit Southern California? You ever seen that video? The guys running in slow motion on fire. Yeah, it's a great, it, it's a great, great time. I hope no one heard the phone call. I'm sorry. No, we didn't hear. Nope. We didn't hear the phone call. All good. All we heard was sorry. one dog bark when you came back. Yeah. Sorry. How's Wolfie? 
Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Wolfie's fine, baby. Where are you? <laughs> Ashley Pontius is dead. <laughs> We need to move I, on. <laughs> at this point, I wish. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so uh, the movie then uh, ends with pretty much uh, little Homer getting uh, evaporated by the sun. And then also uh, Lance Hendrickson's character, Jesse, and Jeanette's uh, Diamondback character also basically bursting into flames. But uh, they are able to put a blanket over May and take her back. And she gets a transfusion and lives. So uh, and ends with just them embracing as two people who uh, murdered a bunch of people and face zero consequences which brings <laughs> us to an end of Near Dark. Jeremy, what are your final thoughts on Near Dark? Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen, this is probably one of the top five movies I've seen more than any other, uh, just for my love of Bill Paxton and, and, and Jenny Wright of course. Um <sighs> It's probably one of my favorite uh, vampire movies of all time. I uh, I think it's a pretty good movie. I I, I like Near Dark a lot. Um, I like the take on it. I like that there's guns in action. Um, I wish I don't. I wish they had found a better solution than the, guess what? You're cured. Uh, I kind of don't like that aspect of it or if it did i needed i needed magic or some type of sam elliott characters that only one way to clear vampirism and that's I, uh, I that's a little bit of sarsaparilla and voodoo and I that would i only wish me. that i hadn't have written a uh, screenplay for a prequel where they were back in the civil war days and we could actually see them set the chicago fire oh and, yeah uh, yeah that would have been pretty awesome uh, yeah just just, just, just see Lance Henriksen and Bill Paxton together again, even though they would have been horribly older. So, yeah. so, uh, no, I, uh, Ashley, what are your final thoughts if you're still there, love? Uh, sorry about that. Um, I mean, here's the thing. I told Eric this once. I felt like maybe because I didn't get to watch this movie on its first run. And I'm just now experiencing it. I feel like it kind of got built up for me and it didn't quite meet my expectations. Uh, just like most boyfriends. Classic. Classic boyfriend. Yeah. That is good. Jeremy hitting Ashley with an Ashley joke. God, very strong. I loved it. Um, he kept I, saying it was big. I <laughs> I personally, uh, I love the movie Near Dark. Uh, I think it is a, uh, you know, if you give me a choice between this and The Lost Boys, I like this movie much better than The Lost Boys. But I still hold them in, like, my lexicon of horror movies and vampire movies, not near the top. I would say they're a little bit lower tier for me, you know, uh, personally. But the thing that saves it for me is that I do like... Uh, uh, Bigelow's directing style and how it looks and a lot of the shots that he had. I mean, she makes Lance Hendrickson look supremely creepy. Like, the shots where, like, the fan's going over his face and, like, he's blocking the door. I'm like, that is enough for me not to walk towards that man. Uh, and uh, I do love that Bill Paxton basically, you know, he's in one of his better roles, really carries the film in many parts of it. But uh, huge plot holes as far as... Um, that um, just being able to fix vampirism that that was that was a bit troublesome to me. I wish that it just everybody was a vampire at the end and they killed the bad ones. That probably would have been a better ending you, than uh oh blood transfusion. Cool. You, you, you prefer the Anthony Hopkins um, uh, 
<laughs> solution, which is like, yes, she was very sick, but we cut her head off and she's fine. So yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I agree with that. I so, uh, but it is good, and I, I just like that it's not you know overly overly angsty. It's a it's a it's a real western movie with, uh, and you can honestly at one point you could probably just remove the whole fact that they're vampires, but. Uh, uh, so they're not only also- so they're not only so cool and sexy. It makes me want to pretty much be a vampire and suck people's blood and kill them and, and rob them for mess. That is, I mean, I would say so. I would say it's worth it. But near dark, it's great. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a true cult classic. And if you are listening to the pod and you want to check it out yourself, it's uh, on Shutter currently. Uh, really hard to actually find a physical copy of it, though. I have heard that they're going to release it very soon on uh, Blu-ray because uh, the last time they did that, uh, it sold out pretty fast. Uh, Ashley, where can people find you at? Uh, you can always find me on social media at Ashley Pontius Laughs, and you can find me with Eric this coming Saturday at Rough Edges Brewing in Waynesboro, PA. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I can finally give you your birthday present. I better not forget it this time. Uh, all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com, Eric with a K, Comedy with a C. I got all my show dates and bullshit up there, so check that out. Links to the merch and all that crap. Jeremy, take us out of here, pal. Watch out, it's G5!